You know, they were having pancakes, and they were trying to get the first batch, and the mother had had enough. Has your mom ever had enough? She turned around and said, Jimmy, Johnny, we are Christians in this house. What? Johnny, you be Jesus. <laughs> Jesus would give away his pancake. <laughs> I don't know. How are you doing today? Good. Awesome to see you. You know, they're, they're talking about a lot of snow next week, but they don't really know. There'll be a, you know, 12 to 14 inches or who knows. But you know I, what I do know is God is still on the throne. Snow will not kick him out. You know, my, my kids were homeschooled, and, and they'd, they'd see stuff, <laughs> and they'd be like, this school's on a two-hour delay. You're homeschooled. You don't get a two-hour delay. You, you don't even get a snow day because you don't have to go out. <laughs> has nothing to do with anything, but I just thought I'd share that. All right. I'm going to start a new series today. Just uh, I'm not sure if it'll be a couple weeks or three weeks. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, and I've talked about this topic before, but I'm going to come at it at a different angle. This is, I just want to talk about living blessed. Now, we're in a situation in America where all America has gone through pandemic, and there's a lot of things going on. And so in, in our mindset, it is almost we remember, like, remember when you went somewhere and nobody had a mask on? And we weren't faced with, did you get the shot or didn't you get the shot? You got the booster. You didn't get the booster and blah, 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 and this and this and this. You can't go back. Only one allowed at a time. It's got to be family, and you got to have some kind of degree in antibacterial whatever. <laughs> and, there, I mean, just remember, I mean, when we were growing up, some of us, we played in the mud and germs and whatever. We didn't care. Remember the mosquito truck? My mom would say, go play. We would dance in the fog of the mosquito truck. I'm like, that's not good. But it's a different day, isn't it? And the enemy is trying to work everybody by fear. And so just to, just to get a hold of this, we need to grab a hold of Jesus, folks. You need, no matter what Fox News says or CNN or whoever's talking, what does God say? Let's get a hold of the rock that doesn't change. Let's get a hold of something that can protect me from every evil. And let's just grab a hold of Jesus and see what happens. Let's say hi to our online crowd. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us today. I cannot wait for Jerry Savelle to be here. I am so excited. I request, unless the Lord leads different, Miss Mallory, that we do I Thank God. I, do you not love that song? I love that song. I think up in heaven all the angels are breakdancing when we sing that song. That's just my opinion. Let's talk about living blessed, depending on God. I don't have to depend on anything else but God. I mean, you know, I mean, there are certain things I get. I'm not talking about like literally, but yes, literally on this point, God should be your number one. Depend on him. Judges 6, 11, 14 is not a new story to us, but I want to read it. I might get the words messed up. I'll do my best because they have some wonderful names in there. But it, there's a story that we need to see, and I'm going to kind of come around a different way than I've taught before. This says, then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Oprah. That's before the show, okay? <laughs> Which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abizer, Abizer, I am not sure there. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, 
Why has all this happened to us? And where are the miracles of our ancestors that they told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Have you ever been sent by God? Has God ever sent you somewhere? Sometimes you need to understand, we need to look at things different. You might say, well, Brett, I work here. You work there, but you have, if you think about it, you have been sent. Who are you talking to about Jesus by just the way you live or, or what you say? I want us to notice in some of the words I just read, the word was specific. The angel is talking to Gideon. Some scholars believe this is the Lord that is, is speaking to Gideon right here. Gideon comes back and he puts it on everybody. Us. If you look at how that's read, the angel says you, Gideon says us. But they're being bullied by the Midianites. So Gideon, is, he feels overwhelmed. Anybody in the room ever feel overwhelmed? Oh my. So-and-so has COVID. We're all in quarantine. <gasps> How many had an, well, our last Thanksgiving was not fun because all of the stuff of what's happening all around, but God is bigger than that. The us part that Gideon's talking about, isn't this dependent on the you part? Think about that. This is what the Lord pointed out to me. I just put that in. Uh, yesterday, I think I was going over these notes, but the us part is dependent on the you part. When God is calling you to do something many times, doesn't it affect others? But it is dependent on you being obedient to what he's telling you to do. I need you to do this. And Gideon said, but us, you have, and God is saying, I'm not talking to us. I'm talking to you because you will help us. Israelites are being bullied by the Midianites. And this is what happened. They're taking all their food. Gideon's hiding behind a wine press, threshing wheat so they wouldn't find it and take it from him. So he's, he's a rebel. He's, he's doing what they've, they don't want him to do that because they're taking all the food, but he is doing something so he can have more food for his family or his people or whatever. He is trying to like, you're not taking this. I got my stash. Anybody ever have a stash? You candy people in here? Mm -hmm. Somewhere in your house, there's candy. Nobody knows but you and God. <laughs> but the angel shows up and says, Gideon, what's up? Well, he doesn't really say that, but, he's, but he says, mighty man of valor. So he calls him. How, I'm telling you, you sometimes don't, you look in the mirror and go, I don't see what God sees. But God sees greatness. Everybody saw David as a shepherd boy. God said, I see a king. How is God seeing you? Gideon is called mighty man of valor. Now, again, there are some scholars that say Gideon's getting a bit lippy. Because this, you know, he retorts back, hey, you have forsaken, you know, look at all of us. And he starts singing the, the sad song. But he, he, they couldn't get quite a hold of this. Do you understand what's going on? In the middle of your pain, sometimes that's all you can see is your pain pain you can't see past that and i tell you one thing i've realized is you know some things i haven't gone through you know that old saying you until you've walked through somebody's shoes you don't know 
Sometimes we really don't want to walk in somebody's shoes because then if you ever do, you have a new compassion on the good side of that because now you're like, oh, my word. Because it's easy on the outside. All you have to do is have faith. What's the matter with you? I'm, I'm Mary Poppins. Come on. You know, just a spoonful of faith and you'll get up out of that chair. You know, it just makes it seem so easy. But it is now it is, is it? Sometimes you're like, you don't understand. All I can see is what is around me that's troubling me. When I was a kid, we were in a rowboat. And I mean rowboat. I don't know how big they are. I'm going to say 12 feet, 8 feet. Nine, I don't know. <clears throat> but we were in Michigan. I was a kid. And we went. Uh, we were going to the place. And it, the place was three miles out from the mouth of the lake from where we left the camp. Three miles on the water. And it looks like it's about 500 yards, but it's three miles. And the place was called Red Pine. They were catching walleye like the size of, you know, I mean, just. And, and these guys were coming back every night with these huge fish. And there's a fish house where they clean their fish. And my dad, being my dad, said, hey, Brett, come here. Go over there and ask them guys where they're catching them fish. So I said, Okay. So I went over there and said, hey, where are you guys catching the fish? Guess what the guy said? The water. <laughs> he wouldn't tell anybody. It was a secret. So somebody decided to follow them. And they found out where they were going. So we had plotted, we are going to Red Pine. And we are going, and I took a friend on vacation with me. His name was Larry. And we were going, and, and we had, you know, ready to go out there. It took us 30 minutes to get to Red Pine on this boat. Five and a half horsepower motor. <laughs> High was <laughs> These other boats are flying by us. Zip, zip, zip. And they're out there. We got there and it's just getting, you know, it's starting, you know, it's not sunset yet, but boy, it's, the water is just really calm, almost like glass. And you start here and there's boats all around us now. We finally got there and, you know, be quiet, be quiet. And there's big boats. There's other boats. We're the littlest boat. And you start hearing the fish splash the water because they start biting. And so we're like, oh. And my dad is like, this is going to be great. And then it was almost like everything got still. And have you heard that phrase, the calm before the storm? The big boats, you heard them. Some of them were bigger and you could hear them pulling their chain up. And they just started, everybody's taking off. And dad looks and he says, we got to go. You got to remember back at the beginning, 30 minutes to get there. He turns the little boat around. This wind and rain come in and the waves just start white capping. We are heading back and I can't see anything because it's, now it's dark. And then on a little rowboat, they have this, I don't even know why they call it a flashlight. It looks like a stupid flashlight. It's just red and green. It really doesn't shine anything, except if you see it, you know that's front of the boat. And then they have at the back one that points straight up, and it's white. But we are going back. And, and the waves got so big that the boat was coming out of the water. The motor was coming out of the water. So the would boom, you know, and it was scary. And I couldn't see. I remember looking at the boat. All I could see was water. And we would come up, and I could kind of see the horizon, and then we would go down. And my dad looked at me, and he said, put your, we already had our life vest on, but he's like, 
put this on. Do the, I saw my dad take, he had a cushion, one of those life float cushions. I saw him take his foot and stick his foot in it. I'm like, this isn't good. My mom had already sat down in the front of the boat, sat down on the floor, and dad had told us to sit on the floor, which was now on the floor, the boat was filling up with water. He looks at me, grabs my shoulder, and says, I need you to take care of your mother. This is not a good day. Larry is already, now it's dad, me, Larry, mom. Mom, if you know my mom, mom, she would win a wooden Indian to Christ. She'd lead anybody to Jesus. She don't care if the line's backed up from here to the ho-hos. She's going to talk to somebody. Don't matter. But she's up front. I can still see the silhouette of her beautiful face speaking in tongues, declaring as loud as she can. I don't know what she was declaring because she's talking in tongues. And Larry is freaking out. We're going to die. And I'm like, shut up, Larry. (laughs) But I know when my dad touched my shoulder, I felt like I got to take care of my mom. So that's why I noticed my mom because my face was glued on her. I was a good swimmer. And dad said, I'll take care of Larry. You know, so when your father tells you that, my, my thought is this boat is going down. And I don't know, you know, and basically we were thinking swim to the shore. Couldn't see the shore, but we pointed and we thought it was to our left. So, you know, I don't know what's going through my mom and dad's mind, but I'm going to hurry this story along. We saw a light that was up ahead, and, and he said, this is my dad's, what the Lord told him, he said, head for the light. Isn't that kind of prophetic? So he started heading for the light. And we headed there. And by the time we got out of the lake part, the boat was almost three quarters full of water. We were almost sunk. People saw and heard us coming, jumped in the water, and came and helped get us out of the boat. And of all things, the people that came, it was at that point, we were about to leave. (laughs) Well, I think we might have already left. It was the Methodist pastor we used to go to church with. How do you know? I mean, like, what are the odds of him being in Michigan in that little, little harbor we went to? But people brought us in, and we stayed in his cabin, got dry. They phoned the camp and said, we got them. They're all safe. Sometimes you can't see anything but what's in front of you. I want to live the best life I can for the Lord. God will give you compassion. Some of you in this room have been through some things. And now because you've been through it, you're like, I, can, I understand what you're feeling. Every man probably doesn't know what it's like to give childbirth. We don't know. But a woman does. She's had kids. She knows. And you're not going to tell her how different it is because you don't know if you're a man. Of course, if you're a man, you probably can't tell her much different anyway. I'm sorry. Gideon's defying the Midianites. Let me get back to the text. (laughs) But what the angel said, he says, go with strength, the strength you have. Now, again, look, he's dealing with him. Go with the strength you have, and God will be with you. And the angel is basically saying, I know what you're doing. It's rebelling against the, the affliction that's happening to your people. And he's kind of, in a sense, rewarding him for that. So our first thought this morning is make up your mind. I need you to make up your mind. Decide that you're not going to live like this anymore. Decide that this is not the way I want. This is not what God has for me. This is not his best. Declare from my heart and my belief system, there's got to be more. 
But it has to come from you and nobody else. I need to say that one more time. It has to come from you and nobody else. I used to, you know, have you ever made your kids do something? You will clean your room. You don't have to like it, but you will clean your room. How long does it stay clean? Till the next time you go, you will clean your room. But if it's something that's inside of them, they'll clean it themselves. They make up their mind. Now, I'm a John Wayne fan. I, I like John Wayne for movies and stuff. I love watching westerns. One of the lines he says, Glenn, you'll like this, you're burning daylight. So many times in my life I've thought of all the daylight I've burned and just wasted time. Let me ask you a few questions. Do you hate Mondays? Do you like your job? What do you do for a living? I mean, I'm just asking. I'm just throwing. You don't have to answer. I'm just wanting you to think. Do you watch the clock because you can't wait to get out of there? I mean, I've had jobs that are like that. Do you dream of being any place but where you are? There are some places you go, and on their wall, they have nothing but where they want to be, like the beach that takes them away. There's nothing wrong with dreaming or having goals, but if you're just miserable wherever you are. Listen to this. Either we advance closer to what God has for us, this is to be blunt, or we're just wasting time. One more day that doesn't matter if we, if we don't start doing things. I mean, I'm, I'm finding out the older I get... Like, you know, today we had about, where we live, we had about a half inch of snow. Well, I do like, I got a new toy. I, got a, I bought a quad, and, and it's got a plow on it. And I thought, I, I should plow. <laughs> and I looked at the clock. I, I kind of did the, the, the drive by the house, and, but there's a long, stony hill road down to the road. And, and I thought... I don't have time. I went back, got in the house, and there were 10 minutes. I'm like, I got 10 minutes. I'm burning daylight. Man, I jumped back on that quad, went down to the road, and did a couple things, came back, and I had two minutes to spare. There's a day I'd have never thought of that. Well, man, I got got enough time to do that. There's only 10 minutes left. But now sometimes I just look at things like, how much could I get done? In 10 minutes, almost like a competition. So maybe girls don't do that. Maybe just dudes do that. I don't know. But I'm like, I start challenging myself. What could I do? Life is worth living. I don't want to just survive, do you? I don't want to just get by. I mean, that's great to get by, but wouldn't it be great to be able to go, you know what, I have more than enough. I can bless more people. Will I be doing this the rest of my life? Will you be doing what you do the rest of your life? Preaching the gospel, yes, I'll do that the rest of my life. How God will do that, I mean, everywhere I go, I want to tell people about Jesus. I got paint the other day. I told the guy about the church, invited him to church, told him about God. I hope he comes. Maybe I don't see him, but maybe he's watching. Hi, Chase. Do you have a plan? Pastor Kim and I were just talking. You know, do you, how about five years, ten years? How many have ever looked back and thought, man, it's been five years already? It's been ten years already. And it doesn't mean that it hasn't been good. But it means, what have you done? Have you done what the Lord has asked you? You know, there's times we just, I'm just as honest, I'm just trying to be as honest as, as, you know, as transparent as I can. We have been whiny to God. Have you ever been whiny to God? God, we don't even have any money to save to do anything. Everybody does stuff, but we don't. You ever do that to God? Maybe not as bad as that. 
But we whine to God. And then, you know, God said, you want any cheese with that? No, he did not say that. But he did say, you want savings? You don't even save a dollar. Sometimes God will just answer and you'll be like, ouch. But he's right. We didn't even save a dollar. We just whined that we didn't have anything, but we didn't put our hand to making anything different. Some people, I want more in my savings account. Some people go, I want to save money, but you don't have a savings account. Get one. What are you going to put it in? Your mattress? Get one, and by faith say, this is what I'm going to do. So we started saving a dollar. And then whatever else he told me. And God has done so much amazing things. He will bless the work of your hands. You can live better than you're living now. If what you do doesn't excite you, why are you doing it? I understand temporary jobs, so please don't get me wrong. Especially in a pandemic, sometimes you're like, I, I gotta, I'm picking up extra work just to take care of this, or I'm doing that, or whatever. I understand that. Or if God said do this, and I'm banking all that, I'm not downing that. I'm just speaking as a general reference. I don't mean that you can have a job that you don't ever have a bad day. I love what I do, but I have days that I'm like, I'm not happy about that. I'm not so fond of funerals. I mean, because if somebody was close to me, I'm not saying goodbye. I'm saying until we meet again, but sometimes they're tough. It was, you know, they can be a little, I mean, if you don't do them, you may not know that. But if you're doing them, they're hard, depending on the relationship you have. You don't have to understand that, but I'm just saying there are days that sometimes, even at the office, are, are not, it's just there's a lot of pressure or piled up or I got to do this or that or something happens unexpectedly and you want to help people. But I mean, as a whole, I love what I do. Here's this. The reason we're living the way we are or you're living the way you are is because we've accepted it. We just tolerate it. Sometimes we speak it. Did you know life and death is in your mouth? Well, I'll never have anything. I'll be just like, watch what you say. But God has bigger plans. You know, you're unique. Nobody else is quite like you. Everybody look at your thumb. You know, you have a thumbprint that's different from everybody else's. It is so unique. It's different. You are thumb buddy. <laughs> your life should count. You should be excited about God, what God has called you to do. And don't settle for less. You might, not, you might not be the preacher, but you might be a business owner. You might be this or that. Then do it with all your heart. Do it with all your might. Do it as of unto the Lord. Our next thought, be humble. James 4, 6, and 7, he gives grace generously. Scripture says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. New King James says, submit. So humble or submit yourself before God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So humility is submitting to God. It's basically saying, God, you know more than me. You have a better way. I'm going to start doing life your way. If you want to do life your own way, just so that you know, there's only one king and he's not about burgers. It's about submitting to God and saying, God, show me how you want me to do this. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What a fool you have been. From now on, you'll be at war. See, humility is literally being God-dependent. 
instead of being self-dependent. Now, I get it. You've had to sometimes pull yourself up by your bootstraps or whatever. But if we recognize you wouldn't have the strength without God to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That it is Christ in you. It is I can do all things through Christ. It is I am nothing without Jesus. You see, because the enemy, listen to this. If we aren't resisting the devil, then we're cooperating with him. It may not even be intentional. I don't do anything to help him. We told our kids we hate the devil when they were growing up. We didn't even want him to play any part of a bad guy. We hate the devil. And sometimes they couldn't say devil, so they would say, we hate the devil. <laughs> but you know why we hate the devil? Because he's tricksy. He goes out with the precious. He wants your heart. He wants your belief system. He wants to throw doubt in your heart. He wants your devotion. He wants you to question. That's what he did to Adam and Eve in the beginning. Did God say that? What's Peter's precious? Did God, what did God say? And he'll get you to start, well, I, uh, we are not to try to figure out everything on our own. If we are, then we're not being humble. We need to be led of the Lord, led of the Spirit. Submit to God. Because that's what happens. If we submit to the Lord, the enemy has to flee. Submission is required before fleeing and departure of the enemy. If you're not submitted to God, the enemy doesn't have to do anything. He can stay. I don't want the enemy to stay, do you? People have called me and said, Brett, will you come over and clean our house? And they don't mean with rags and Clorox. They meant spiritually. We are, there's things that are going on. I need you to come and exercise this house. If you come in, will they go? Yes, they will go. But I'm going to go too. So when I go, what are you going to do when I'm gone? So you have got to take charge. Here's our third thought this morning. Don't compromise. Sometimes we compromise and we don't even know it. We've chosen the world's way of dealing with, with our problems because that's all we've known. In the earth curse system, we grew up under that system. This is what you do. This is how you do it. Blah, 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 blah. This is, you know, you will always have this as long as you live or this is the way your father did and your grandfather before him. And then this is all we know. I love what Romans 12, 2 is not in your notes here, but it says that God can change the way you think. And you'll know his will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. He can help you. I want to think the way that God wants me to think. I want to think higher than what I think. When we start trying to do everything ourselves, we limit God and we tie his hands. Because, you know, there's people that are absolutists. I don't know if that's the right word or... I don't know what, but you'll get the idea. They just, it doesn't matter what you do. This is how it's going to end up. It doesn't matter what you do. Be hard to prove that. In life, you do have choices. I don't want to tie God's hands. I want God to be able to have full ability. Sometimes it might, <laughs> I might need to listen better. But what he could do through you and for you, so that you could show others 
the greatness of God. God is looking for people whose hearts are totally his. He's looking for those who will humble themselves before him, those who are not proud. Do you know that God wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed? We have, you know, Kim and I were just talking. I love my beautiful wife. We were just talking. I just told her yesterday, I said, I miss our kids because we got this beautiful new house. We bought this house so that all the kids and the grandkids could come back in, and there's plenty of room for them to just go, wahoo! And there is. It's really cool. And it was just her and I sitting there, and I said, sometimes I just miss our kids. And she said, I do too, but you know, now we get to see our kids and our grandkids. And then I'm thinking, yeah. And you know, when I was a kid or then when we first got married, I didn't really understand the the grandparent thing because the grandparents are like, oh, you can spoil the grandkids because you get to do what? Give them back. So when Arrow comes over, we feed him sugar, then send him home. (laughs) No, we don't. I'm teasing, Justin. We don't. But God wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. Everywhere I go, I want to like, ooh, Mal would love that. Zach would love that. Sam would love that. Justin would love that. Hannah would love that. Arrow, Eowyn, Aerie. Oh, I want to buy this. You know, and it's just like, ooh. God wants to bless you like that. We need to adopt Gideon's attitude. I think Gideon was sick and tired of being sick and tired. He already knows That's why he's hiding to do this. They say don't do this. He's doing it anyway because he's sick and tired of being sick and tired. Stop settling for anything less than God's best. It's time for us to live blessed. And I didn't mean for that to rhyme. It does. But my, my point is there's got to be more. If there's not more, then we might as well close the doors and just wait for Jesus to come back. You know what I mean? There's more. There's got to be things that God is saying, I need you to do this. I want you to do that. I want this to happen for you. If you're not seeing blessings in your life and you're saying, Pastor, I don't see them. Can I say this and I love you? It's not God's fault. It's yours. Because we don't trust him enough or we're not, we're just, you know, I just don't see it happen. Or sometimes, you know, people will get mad. They'll go, how come, you know, I could just say, well, God's doing that. I'm just doing what he's asking, and this is the blessing that came with it. If something's not working, it's never God at fault. It's always us. So three things you can quickly fix it. Stay humble. Take correction. Stay humble and take correction. Fix it and move on. Just keep moving. Here's our last thought for this morning. Be thankful for grace. Everybody say grace. God loves you no matter where you are, no matter what you've done. Even if you're not seeking him or his will, even if you don't want anything to do with God, he couldn't love you more. That's already been established. It doesn't change. He doesn't change. Hebrews 13, 8 says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His love is unconditional. In other words, you you didn't have to do anything to earn it. Before before you were born, he loved you because he knew you were coming. It's not dependent on your actions, what you've done in the past, present, or future. He will always love you. 
What changes is our ability to receive. I mean, God's had to help me. Have you ever met someone that's just, you're trying to bless them and they will refuse it? Until it's almost you've asked several times and you're like, okay. And then they'll complain because, you know, I just don't. And you want to go, he just tried to bless you, but you said no several times. We have to get past that. Sometimes I was like that. Oh, no, you, no, you don't have to. No, 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 no. The Lord told me to. Well, I mean, you know, I don't make up any. No, no, no. And after a while, I'm just like the Lord would be just saying, just stop. I remember showing people our house one time, not the house we live in now, but a house that the Lord miraculously got for us. It was in a, a little village called New London. And I remember walking them through the house. And I was saying, see that, see that table right there? Yeah. Well, we got that because we were in a car wreck and we got a kickback on them because it wasn't our fault. Something wrong with the way that's explained. I'm just saying. And I was trying to give an excuse for everything. See that? Well, this is 